Capcom presents. They accept all my imperfections. Sorry for the disconnection. But here's all the missing sections. You know Mega Brand came equipped with weapons. I don't mean Smith and Wesson's, but the gun smoke will choke ya. We do it for the culture. Lights of the round controllers up in holsters. It's a beautiful world. I'm smelling everything. Take flight and soar on legendary wings. No swagger from Mike Hagger. Wrestler turned mayor, turned teacher, turned rapper with mad gear. Leveled up from last year. Trust me, it's dynamite. Mike from the third strike, the final fight. It's all going to stay locked in since 83, way past 2010. You never heard of this live ass, the Cap County Podcast. It's all going to stay locked in since 83, past 2K10. You never heard of this live ass, the Cap County Podcast. Welcome to Capcom Unity Official Podcast, Episode 17. I'm Greg Aman. I'm joined once again by... Brett. And... Yuri. So, we're back. We had a lovely Halloween. And we are here in the month of November. It's time to change those Twitter handles from spooky ones into uh, pilgrim-related things. Brett, what did you do? I did Bread Hearthston. That's pretty good. <laughs> Which my name at that point just looks like Hearthstone, yeah. which is very confusing. And Pete, you're going to get a lot of followers. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to follow They're actually. all going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I quit playing back in like August. Uh, no Hearthstone tweets for me. Okay. Yuri, you need one. I, I didn't know this was a thing. I, I didn't mean, I either. barely knew the Halloween one was a thing. I was incredibly puzzled last year when this happened. So that, I think, can be traced back to The Simpsons. And then... The the Thanksgiving thing is because The Simpsons does a annual Halloween episode. Okay, and they do that in the credits. Yeah, Julie uh, Kepner. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think the Thanksgiving thing is just an extension of that because people like having fun for extended periods. Uh, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna go. Maybe Greg Moore stuffing. Huh? <laughs> eh? I have Greg no idea. Moore. Suggestions, please, guys. On let on, us let us you know, know in the let comments. Us, let us know in the comments what my Twitter handle for should a free be. Free Capcom Unity of Admit. <laughs> you just gotta think about like Thanksgiving foods or decorations or anything. Turkey. 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 That's uh, that sounds, sounds like Mercury though. <laughs> uh, although whenever Mercury uh, month uh, is, we uh, can uh, wait. Cranberry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to miss something obvious. Like, <laughs> wait, Yuri, is your last name Pumpkin Pie? <laughs> Let's go with that. Uh, anyway, so quick news segment. We don't have much to report this period, but if you watch the Nintendo Direct on Wednesday, which is when we're recording this, we just uh, announced that Mario and Luigi will be coming to Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate in the form of feline costumes. Yuri, your so thoughts on that? Their clothes they're, are coming. Their clothes. Yeah, just their overall the Well, hats. in Monster Hunter fashion, they've been skinned and... <laughs> Whoa. Am yeah. I going to get in trouble for saying that? Plumber. They've not been skinned. They're, they're more than get... one way to skin a plumber. Plumber stash. Ah, <laughs> some ancient wisdom from Yuri. So, uh, Yuri, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, so so it's exciting. One more uh, big collaboration there. Uh this time with you know Nintendo's biggest, I think most well-known uh, franchise there, so Mario Luigi, uh, coming as feline outfits, and uh, what's uh, what's really cool about that is that they they made it so that everything sort of follows that theme, you know. So to get that armor, you need mm -hmm. to go on a quest where you fight a 
Kongalala, mm-hmm. which is a giant gorilla uh, type. Ah, makes sense. So referencing Donkey Kong. Right. But Kongalala always carries the mushroom, or oftentimes will carry a mushroom on its tail. Mm. And then uh, this time you fight it, and then it'll take a bite of the mushroom, and it'll grow three times its size. Oh, wow. Kind of like Mario. So it's That's it's awesome. a very, very uh, thoughtful collaboration there. They've never done a turtle-themed monster, have they? No. Huh. I guess the... Uh Nope, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also, uh, if you're a, if you're a swag hag, is that a thing? If you're a swag fiend or hag, um, <laughs> and you like loot crate, loot crate is a is a monthly subscription where you get a box full of cool geeky swag. Loot. Uh, we just put out uh, Dead Rising Three Sledge Saw Pen in the October uh, crate, which was themed around fear. Ooh. Um, and it was actually it was pretty cool actually. The pen, uh, aside from being highly collectible, was also based on the actual model data from Dead Rising Three uh, for maximum accuracy. And maxuracy. <laughs> I held my tongue, but thank you. <laughs> um, November, we ju- they just announced that the theme will be battle, and there will be not one, not two, but three Capcom items spanning two whopping brands. Mega Man and Street Fighter. Uh, there will be more word on what those items are uh, in the future. But for now, just be tantalized by that. You can also uh, subscribe for three bucks off if you use the code CAPCOM hmm. upon subscribing. Uh, main theme of this week's podcast is bosses, boss fights, bosses. You gotta love them, unless yours is Brett. Just kidding. Ah, cut. I don't get it. <laughs> Brett's the boss of this theme. Uh, you'll no. meet. You'll meet him one day. We'll see. But <laughs> uh, dictionary.com defines bosses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grasping here. Oh, man, did I close? Oh, here we go. Describes bosses as a protuberance or roundish excrescence on the body or on some organ of an animal or plant. So Are you? I guess RE6 probably has more bosses. that than any other. That is that is some weird esoteric botany and zoology definition. Boss means a lot of things. Wow. It's always the short words, guys. Uh, I found I found out uh, I was watching this uh, British show. I found out they use the term "boss-eyed" to uh, refer to people that are cross-eyed. Whoa! Is that That's like weird. is that like that weird Cockney rhyming slang I've heard about? No idea what you're talking Probably about. Probably not. But that's the end of my story. What Can I go again? now? Boss-eyed? Yeah. I've never seen a boss do that. I'm sure I have. Name one cross-eyed boss in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, bosses are a cool thing about video games, and uh, unique to video games and the workforce. But (laughs) uh, I think, uh, you know, especially for action games, a lot of people judge games strictly by their boss fights, first and foremost. Uh, I mean, they make, they definitely make or break the game. They can. For for a lot of action games, it's like, you can have this great, stupendous level design, but if then all the bosses are kind of you know, pretty boring or uninspired or, or you use the same strategy on all of them. It's like mm-hmm. the whole, you know, you pull out one thread and the whole thing comes apart kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I think because they, they sort of work as these great milestones within the game to make it feel like this rounded right. experience. I was I trying to think of where the term came from because 
you yeah, you remember like in the in the 80s when it was still kind of like the wild west and everyone was just figuring out this whole gaming thing for themselves and there was no internet. Everyone had all these like different terms. Remember people would call them like leaders and stuff. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. like leaders and bosses, but like I feel like for me it was reading Nintendo Power and like reading like the original Ninja Gaiden like describing mm. the bosses of the stage. Mm. And in a, in those cases some of them actually were in the story bosses of employment wise. <laughs> like uh, bosses of the goons who are in right, that stage, right, so like right. the barbarian, like I think double led. dragon, or yeah, like that yeah, kind of with the final fight and and those type of yeah. Ups, so somewhere in that. there, I think a lot of those <coughs> terminology got decided for us by the early days of the press. And I mean, there were games in the seventies, but like with through the twenty six hundred and stuff, but like not as big or prolific, prolific, proficient, uh, widespread, prolific. widespread, prevalent. Uh, uh, writing about it, like journalism, or, yeah. or you could get newsletters and smaller things, but like computer video games, Nintendo Power, GamePro, even EGM, like those were all many years later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Boss is where it's for me. It was like being eight or nine years old and reading Nintendo Power in the eighties <laughs> and seeing that first uh, Nintendo Power cover story on Ninja Gaiden, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty nine. Everybody, yeah, I, I was already forty years old. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in Brazil, uh, we had always with oh, Brazil. Oh my gosh, that's where I come from. So Tell that's me. that's like seventeen years of my life was were spent there. That and is quite a while. Out of those, about uh, ten and eleven were play video games. <laughs> hmm. uh, so I think because, uh, as you were saying, like the terms are still being, you know, developed and refined, uh, and internet wasn't a thing for majority of that time. We had uh, so different groups who have different ways to label these things, and uh, I remember, particularly with something like Sonic, because you know Doctor Robotnik was the was the only uh, was the only boss battle, right. right? You know, he we couldn't refer to him as the boss, so we we called him like the challenge. So he's huh. the challenge of this thing. Oh, like, weird. Huh. We, we we use the word for challenge, but. You know, have you gotten to the challenge right. yet? So, Weird. Uh, because the entire level is like you're supposed to be going at a really fast pace and mm. all that. But you get to the end of that zone uh, group, and then if you get the real challenge. Huh. Interesting. Uh, that's, you know, probably the only part where people would actually die. Was he Eggman for <laughs> you saying. then? Or was he Robotnik? Or? Robotnik. Uh, so. Makes sense. But, um... um you know, obviously Capcom's got a lot of action games, and even some of their non-action games have boss fights and some pr- pretty interesting executions there. But you, I think you got to start with Mega Man, yeah, uh, which kind of put bosses on the map in a big way. Like, there were bosses before Mega Man. But Man, I wish someone would make a super cut of Greg saying map. I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's pretty... Every time I hear, like, time slows down to one one-thousandth of its speed when I go, really put them on i'm like here it comes <laughs> wait, for that, wait for that big p map <laughs> I, relish- I hope it slows down because you're relishing it not because it's oh no it, it, yeah it's agonizing not, no it's not agonizing it's just something i've noticed after spending so much time together yeah it's been a, it's lost been a long run <laughs> uh but no yeah Mega Man bosses were I, I feel like i've said this before but like because all i do is repeat myself these days but uh, <laughs> it seems like those were like putting the robot masters on the same footing as Mega Man like really elevated like playing Zelda 1 was 
there's bosses at the end of a dun- at the end of the labyrinths, mm-hmm. and like here's Aquamentis, and here's Gliok, and here's the other Gulma and <laughs> other bosses in Zelda. These words are great when you're hearing them for the first time. <laughs> Gliok, Gliok, come on, Gliok and Aquamentis. I don't, I don't. Where are these out of the out of Zelda one? Zelda one, yeah. I guess the, the I couldn't read when I played that. So. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> I was just learning. So. <laughs> Maybe that's why they stuck with me so much. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, they they were definitely put up as like these are like ancient beasts and they are deep within this thing and they are a true challenge and blah blah blah. But for Mega Man, it was like, and then Bowser and Mario, it was mm-hmm. like every four levels you fight a giant green thing that throws hammers at you. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Um, but Mega Man was like, you're Mega Man. They are all blank man. Not the movie Blank Man, of course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird if every boss in Mega Man was Blank Man? Secretly Blank Man. <laughs> uh, man, the Wayans are cashing in checks. Yeah. <laughs> but that was like, they're kind of the same size as you. They kind of have the same jump and shoot mentality of like, they can jump and they can do one kind of attack, really. And then that's their bit. But then when you beat them, you get their power. And stealing their ability also made them feel a little more real where... They're not just a challenge that you beat and then get some other prize or points. It's right. Like, I beat them. Stage and I, clear. I can well, in a sense, it made, you, it, it made that, like, they helped you. Like, fighting them helped you, so it made yeah. you look forward to each one and it gave oh, everyone yeah. a distinct identity that reflected on your identity. Yeah. And it, it just it was just really a profound. fun, like, <laughs> almost every boss, the sprite was bigger than you, or which, again, made Gutsman all the more imposing because he was the only one that didn't really right, fit right. the form of yeah. the rest. So you're like, oh, this guy's even bigger. Yeah, it's um, true. But yeah, that's why Mega Man like became such a thing for me. It was it was the Robot Masters. Like I like the Robot Masters more than I like Mega Man. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I will say this though, uh, you know, I, I love me some Monster Hunter and taking down these giant uh, dragons and and beasts like that. But uh, there's a there's a special place. Uh, you know, I every time I see and encounter uh, a video game where we have these these pretty big bosses but then there's that point where there's a guy that it like looks you know the same stature as your character right and yeah. like that that to me has a you know a very yeah it, i really like that kind of uh that kind of boss battle yeah. um well, it's like when you fight virgil or something. Say, yeah virgil uh, i know there's examples like that in god hand as well um but yeah i think i i now questioning myself why mega man never stood out to me as that Huh. Uh, well, I guess that I, aspect never stood out to me. all that way, maybe it loses its uniqueness. Yeah. But that's why, at the time, I thought it was so cool. Like, well, also just going back to what I said about not being able to read um, <laughs> when I played Zelda, but it's you also really like get that fixed. Yeah. <laughs> well, like in Mega Man, it was a, it was still really rare to actually see an enemy's name. Yeah. In the game, you had to read a manual or yeah. just like have some kind of guidebook or Nintendo Power. Otherwise, it was just a bunch of yeah, like contextless stuff. There's uh, no Mega Twitter? Man. Like they put the names on the, <laughs> they put the names right there on the select screen. The fact that there is a select screen and that you it actually forces you to choose the boss that you, you like, you know, and then it gives them like this awesome intro, uh, sequence. Like they really wanted you to know these characters. Yep. Mm. That yeah. and that's why, like, yes, yeah, to this day, I'm like, I would more be into buying, you know, a Magnet Man figure or something than another Mega Man thing. Like, I, I've always liked the Robot Masters more than Mega Man, and then that's why I never got into X as much as I got into the classic ones, because the Mavericks, to me, weren't quite as interesting. 
it got it got a little silly really quickly. I mean, the classic did too. I think the, the oh yeah, they both like the, the longer <laughs> you keep that theme thing up, you're definitely going to get into plant man territory. But yeah, well, yeah, for me, the turning point was optic uh, sunflower was Pharaoh man. <laughs> See, all right. So Pharaoh Man, I agree. When I, w- I think I was like ten or eleven when that came out, and I remember like kind of giggling and like, oh, they are, they are out of ideas. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, like that's still pretty cool. I felt like, it's, I mean, it's a cool boss actually, and it's a cool level. Yeah, it's a great level. But then that just opened it up to this different thing, which is like, okay, so there'll be not just elemental things; they can be. Uh, you know, concepts or tropes. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it's also kind of funny because Pharaoh Man as a name is like, yeah. Pharaoh is already like, um, refers to an individual. Yeah. So, and it starts mm. getting out of the like, well, the, and that's why one was so cool too, was this idea of, because playing one before there was a two, you still got this sense of like, these robots were built for tasks, like Cutman is a timber felling robot, and a, <laughs> Uh, right. Bomb Man yeah. is demolitions, or Guts Man does this, and Elect Man is like powering the city, and it's like it felt like oh these robots are built with a purpose, and now they've gone crazy, and Doctor Wily, and blah blah, yeah. blah. So it all made sense. And mm-hmm. Mega Man Two still more or less kept it up, yeah. and then three, and you're, like, a fan. you're like, what does a Gemini Man do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care what he does because it's cool looking, and the boss fight is neat. As speaking of bosses, him splitting in two and. Jumping around like that. And why does he li- live in like a colony of fish eggs? Yeah, it's like penguins <laughs> that shoot smaller penguins at you. <laughs> uh, so your typical em- emperor penguin. Yeah, but then you get to Pharaoh Man, and it's like, oh, he's like a tomb exploring. Like, really? They built him to look like a pharaoh. <laughs> <laughs> they called him Pharaoh Man. Yeah, Charge Man is for me where I was like, oh, all right, like the Homer, like that's it, I'm out of here. Just <laughs> Charge but, Man is also a very frustrating. Battle, yeah. But then now that I've grown up and like watched the series keep going, I'm like, you know what? There's some fun to Charge Man. I it, it's it's more. I love that it made it through the process. That there is a boss that they're like, oh yeah, this guy. It's, it's a finished tra- game. This guy needs to be a train who uses his arms and legs to, <laughs> <laughs> to run at you. So he's just a steam powered man. It's like no, he can't roll. Um, but yeah. Bosses in Mega Man games are always great. I do love the game of uh, uh, Maverick or Metal Gear boss. Yeah. Or, or just an animal. <laughs> like a real-life animal. Yeah, you have to find someone who doesn't know either one, but they do sound like... <laughs> Blue-footed booby! <laughs> that is an animal. It is, it is, actually. You win. <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, Yuri, since you're here, I oh, wanted to talk sunflower. about... Optic Sunflower. Yeah, Optic Sunflower is another one of those <laughs> turning points. Luckily, right. that was the last... Uh, or maybe not luckily, but... Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, while you're here, I wanted to talk Monster Hunter, because that's a weird example. Skipping several decades here, but... <laughs> yeah, but um, I hear you have some uh, twists to this. Uh, well, it's just interesting to me, because you have a game that is essentially nothing but boss fights. Right. Or are they? Um, I mean, what do you think? Do, do those qualify as boss fights? What What makes a boss fight a boss fight and not just an enemy with health? Uh, well, there's no health bars, okay. so that's so it doesn't uh, have health. <laughs> they do. They do have a you know health bar, but it's hidden. Uh, I I think I've heard it about two dozen times at this point when 
I hear somebody explaining Monster Hunter to somebody else, or I read it on uh, online. Somebody says, "Oh yeah, it's it's kind of like a boss rush game. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're going one enemy, one big enemy, significant enemy uh, after another, and you do that a number of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what what really makes them bosses compared to the the other guys? I think it's uh, not just that they have more health, mm-hmm. but is that they have uh, their their behavior, their whole uh, the the whole system and how they behave with with the rest of the ecosystem is is significantly different from all the other enemies. Mm. Um, maybe because the great jag, well, maybe because the regular jaggy dies in two hits, then you can't see it get tired yeah. and then go get food and yeah. then limp away. But you can also, see that with the great jaggy. They also established the great jaggy as the literal boss of the right other jaggies. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the same same way with the Velocipray and Velocidrome. Um, Mm. But yeah, as, as they expand on the... And I got third place in the Velocidrome last year. <laughs> ah. Was that held at the Velocidome? It was. Yeah. Good. <laughs> it was a very confusing day. So for, uh, I think yeah. growing up, what distinguished a boss for me was, yeah, if they had their own health bar, that was certainly a, a dead right. giveaway. But it was also like a boss versus a mini boss. And it was like, if the screen stopped scrolling mm. and you had to stop and like... You can no longer, yeah. like, the boss is a gatekeeper, and if you cannot proceed without s- defeating this thing, that is the boss. So, in a sense, like, Monster Hunter, you're be- you're assigned a target yeah. to achieve the goal. Yeah, you can go in and fight Jaggies all you want and pick flowers all you want, but right. you have to beat the target, the challenge, well, as it yeah. were. Yeah. <laughs> Unless your quest is to deliver three wyvern eggs. Right. But uh, but, then, but, yeah, but but even to that point, like th- there are the a couple of other element elements. Qualify as a boss. Huh? The eggs. The eggs are not the, the boss. eggs are the right. boss. Well, we'll go on. Uh, the yeah, eggs that's why are you have your to drop them. Yes. <laughs> other spite. elements. Well, there are other things that I would say that make up a boss fight, and uh-huh. using particularly Monster Hunter as a, as a case study here, when you're just roaming the map, uh-huh. you know, there's just environmental sounds happening. You know, you hear footsteps, you hear birds chipping at a chirping at a, in a distance and then you hear the occasional jaggies and nahabras and all that but once a large monster enters the scene there's music and mm-hmm. and that's like a key thing mm-hmm. um, boss then, music is key yeah and then if you go back to something like Mega Man while there wasn't a large map that you encounter the boss randomly it, it's a very specific point in the game the music does change yeah, and sure. that's part of the differentiated yeah, you always the... get level theme and then boss theme is almost right. always a separate track I'm very yeah. I'm actually partial to the Mega Man 9 boss music uh, it's really good love that intro it reminds me of Rescue Rangers huh there's a song in Rescue Rangers I think the boss music of Rescue Rangers to me sounded like the boss music of Mega Man 9 I might have to figure out if that's what I was thinking of or not mm-hmm. I just remember when 9 came out I was reviewing it and I remember I had like I'll try and having cram both Rangers. those tracks into this podcast. Unless you're wrong. Yeah, I might be wrong. I might be mixing two memories. <laughs> In which case, like, this is all cut. Yeah. Yeah, just forget it. Hey, guys. <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a sweet joke for you. Uh-huh. Yes. What do you call a hidden life bar? Uh, a no hidden valley? life speakeasy. Huh? Because they're hidden bars? Uh, so the thing with Got the punchline is usually... <laughs> If it has more syllables, it takes longer to get through than the setup. No, that's not a rule. That's an old wives' tale. It's not a rule, but there's a there's a it's rhythm the to jokes. There. Wait, hold on. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Monster Hunter, though, is that on top of the, you know, basically what are basically boss fights, you've got the Elder Dragons, which are like the mm. bosses of the bosses. They're like double bosses. They are like uh, gym leaders. They're like the uh, directors of the department. Okay. They're like director <laughs> versus manager. Because that's uh, you can look at Pokemon for like a, a tier is like there's enemies, mm -hmm. they're regular trainers, enemies. Right? there's trainers oh, which yeah. are like maybe a mini boss. Mm -hmm. And then there's uh, gym leaders. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, middle management. Right. Um, and then there's the Elite Four. And they're kind of like a final boss, but is made up of four people. Right. And then uh, my analogy ends there, frankly. Well, uh, to, I think, I think <laughs> when you have, have, when you have yeah, uh, to, to draw the direct comparison, I mean, so if we're going to say that the – Enemies would just be jaggies, and then the trainers are great jaggies or Lagombi or whatever. Like right. it's mid mid tier, you know. Yeah. Mm. And then when you get to the gym leaders, those are your Brachidios, sure, Rathalos, yeah, yeah. and then the Elite Four is a Latrion. That's yeah. when you get like a Latrion and even like Lucinarga you know, like these really end game uh, mm. things. Well, then I would say creatures. things. I mean, like Heatran or Rayquaza, like that gets into like. You know, that might be your Abyssal Waggy or Lucent Nagakuga, or right. it might be like a Moran. Oh, Gen yeah, Moran. yeah, Gen Moran and mm. stuff. Yeah. Because they're outside the scope, kind of, of what a typical fight is like. Mm. I don't know. It's not a one to one comparison, but. <laughs> of, course, also, of course, I think by <clears throat> the fact that uh, most of the Elder Dragons introduce, uh, like, a new mechanic. Yeah. You know, that kind of makes it feel like more of a special. Like, uh, Rama. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> come again, <laughs> mechanic. mechanic. Ah, yes, got it. Old Nick, but um, yeah, you know, like you've got the train fight, <clears throat> or no, I always say train because I played Lost Planet 2 first. <laughs> yeah. what, what is that thing called? Sand? It's a dragon ship, dragon ship. Uh, and then uh, the uh, like I don't know, all the stuff with the dragonators, it makes it feel like uh, you know, this is a, a true. Isolated, crazy experience you're having. It's it's definitely an extreme, and and it it's like their last resort is the Dragonator. If this was an anime, yeah. like this would have been hunting like won't even work. Yeah, <laughs> if it was an anime. Oh, that that's that's it. If this was an anime, like the Dragonator would have been like 
episode 25 and episode 26 is just the aftermath. <laughs> right, yeah. But, like, at the end of episode 25, they finally the weird... push that Dragonator button, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then the weird existentialist uh, alternate reality. <laughs> Any Evangelion people? No? Uh, Too soon? <laughs> <laughs> so Resident Evil's uh, an interesting case because, I don't know, I, th- I think that boss fights are inherently kind of a gamey yeah. idea, you know? You just become very aware that you're playing a video game when you're in a boss fight, you know? But Resident Evil, I think, was was posed with the challenge of, you know, you've got a very immersive, atmospheric game, uh, so how do you make a boss fight that doesn't make you feel like you're playing a game that keeps you in the experience? And uh, I, I don't know. I think they did a great job. And it, uh, if you play the old games, you sort of get a mix of, Boss fights where it really is just a sort of, you know, battle of attrition where you have to you have to fight it head on with guns and stuff, and there's no there's no real, you know, trick to it. And then other very unique bosses where you you barely even fight; you just have to figure out the trick. So you kind of never know what's what's coming. Like the the like the snake in the first one. What's the thing called again? That's Yawn. crazy. Yawn. Yeah. That's such. <laughs> like, is that? Um, do you know why it's called that? Is that like some like cynical understatement? Oh, I think it's because I mean it's a snake that eats people whole, so it's like a mouth-opening yawn. I think that's that's up there with Stinger as like a hilarious understatement. It's like, oh, look at him yawn. Well, I think that's why it's <laughs> cool because it's such a bizarre, calming name for a thing that's killing people. Yeah, yeah. I and I mean, like, I love all the like all the RE one bosses. I think the names are all super cool. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Neptune being the shark, like that's that just cool. for some reason a cool like. Just that is a cool name for a shark. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really cool. Plant forty two, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is kind of good though. It, it works. It works in that. Yeah, it's scenario. like it's, a, it's, it's an like experiment. this weird experimental plant. But um, yeah, I, mean, and I always liked yawn also as like it's a thing that kind of menaces you. Mm-hmm. It's not just like all right, here's the boss, fight it. It's like you kind of get hints that there's a big snake. And yeah, you that's, see it, it's you in the mansion it. with you the whole time, yeah. slithering around. Uh, and then, ultimately, you basically just have to use, like, your heaviest weapons to take it out. Uh, but then if you look at something like the, the crocodile, which I also don't remember the name of in uh, RE2. Uh, yawn. Let's <laughs> go with Yawn 2, because yeah. he also eats you. But, um, first of all, great uh, entrance with the, the crocodile. You just kind of, like giant mouth basically yeah. like clips through everything yeah. else on the screen <laughs> uh but then like it's not really even a fight you just have to figure out uh like the, it's like a puzzle mm. you know so that's a, that always stuck out to me as like one of the most memorable moments in like the whole ps1 era basically it's just like you basically yeah. just blow up a you get it to eat a thing and then blow it up and then it blows him up but i i think uh you know the resident evil uh series is like really cool with the boss fights because it kind of it just keeps you guessing all the time. Sometimes you don't know if you really are supposed to take something on or if there is a trick to it, and then you get killed horribly and realize that yes, this is a fight. And then uh, and then there was Simmons in Resident Evil Six. He's like seven boss fights he or something. He like is that. many bosses, including I think an actual boss of some organization. Yeah, 
He's also a giant fly. He's a <laughs> or a T Rex. <laughs> Simmons is kind of a butt. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. We just uh, streamed Clock Tower three a couple weeks ago for uh, one of our Halloween month streams, and good God, <laughs> the butt! <laughs> like that game is super cool, but like it goes from being this like you're this, just like this completely defenseless. You know, like schoolgirl running from these horrible people, like these. I guess they're like phantoms, but the, you know, like these slasher movie type villains that have like these horrible weapons, like a sledgehammer or just like a thing that sprays acid at you. Uh, but then each one, each in each encounter, you ultimately find this magic bow and arrow, and then it just turns into the Capcom craziness, like practically sing Goku Basara level of just like <laughs> zany, like you know, laser bow. <laughs> you, know, you have to trap it, and then you shoot, a, like, an arrow into the air, and it lasers them from space. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, I remember that's, that. That's in keeping with literally every clock tower I've been to, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it always kind of just stuck out with me, even thinking of something like Silent Hill 2, which I, you know, like, I love, and I think most people who played it, you know, felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also had those, like, oh, I guess... Outside of Pyramid Head, who's this kind of uh, like constant, you know, almost nemesis-style thing that's kind of always in the corner of your mind, like, oh, God, where is he? What's he doing? Is he going to come out of this door? Mm-hmm. But there's just other bosses. That in 2 and 3 where you're like, I guess this is a boss? <laughs> because it's like, this isn't the kind of, like, the way the game, the way the game works. It yeah. doesn't lend itself to getting in a boss battle. Exactly. So then when you suddenly find yourself with a denser enemy that you can't, proceed until you beat it you're mm-hmm. kind of like what it's like reading a book that's like this chapter that where a chapter won't let you go unless like you didn't read literally every single word <laughs> like i saw you thinking you knew the rest of that phrase and moved to the next line guilty uh, nope you must read every single sentence man i wonder if uh, ace attorney had anything that you could call a boss fight <laughs> probably not well, I think isn't it every trial sort of a? I mean, that's such a unique, uh, like, framework for a game. Because I don't know what. Are, first, I think we have to back up and ask ourselves: What do lawyers consider to be their bosses? bosses? Yeah, I guess the, the judge, clients. right? The client. We don't really fight the judge. Yeah, it's the client. You know, the I, client is the, the client, one that the client even is though the, if they lose, it's still like, well, sorry, I lost. Interesting. Well, but I you're not a, you're not fighting the boss. Ace Attorney. So wait, that kind of makes me think of uh, like fighting games. Like, are there there are bosses in fighting games? What makes a boss a boss in a fighting game? Well, then you go back to the same question as Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Do they have health bars? No, not that question. The uh, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> are they special? Well, I mean, originally uh, compared like, to everybody else in World Warriors, it was like they were considered bosses because well, you can't play as them. Oh, there you go. Then. They don't That's... unlock until you go through this normal phase. Mm-hmm. And then they end with a boss that when you beat him, you see credits. They're also so, hard as crap. Yeah, the AI is definitely. Uh, let's go with cheating. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so here's uh, like uh, building on that. Does that mean that the bosses in World Warriors ceased to be bosses when they returned as playable uh, characters? Well, I mean, Champion and Turbo and Super were all way. like retellings of like the same thing. Mm-hmm. So. But then, but then Akuma becomes the boss. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a transient thing. Like it's not really a. Then we're Street Fighter Four, and then because like in Seth, Four you definitely then... wouldn't consider them bosses. You'd consider right. Seth the boss, but you could play as Seth. So Seth yeah. was literally our boss. He was. Whoa, it's kind of crazy. Sesu. 
He used to do that teleport throw all the time. <laughs> yeah. too. Greg, yeah. where's that blog post? <laughs> Boom. Talking uh, about his tungsten engine. Is it? <laughs> well, but it's so not a euphemism. He really yin. didn't have a... With his yin-yang belly. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, I'm glad he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he used to do that Ultra 2 all the time. So, anyway, that, actually, he left uh, before I joined. Uh, anyway, so... so Going back a little bit, I uh, wanted to just uh, – I, I saw your list here. Mega Man came before Monster Hunter. Uh, but then there was one thing that um, – Mega Man X, uh-huh. the first time you encounter Vile. Uh-huh. And assuming you played all the – or maybe just one or two of the previous Mega Man games, mm-hmm. like Mega Man X was very, very different, right? Mm-hmm. And when you get to Vile, you expect w- – what do you? What did people expect of him? That to be a mini boss because well, he didn't have a health bar the first time. Yeah, I mean, you expect like, oh, this is like a Mega Man game where I fight a thing and I'll win, and then so when you f- the the intentional lose, mm. yeah, like that was a trope already. I mean, I'd played so many uh, RPGs at that point. Right, like Final Fantasy IV has a few of those where you're like, you're supposed to lose this fight, yeah. but they want to push you to the brink and make you think. Oh God, I'm gonna lose, man! I'll do this again. I'm, oh, how, yeah. How am I? Oh wait, this was all part of the story, right? So That's so relieving. But <laughs> it was the first time you see that. It was definitely like a mind blowing thing because like right. Mega Man game and action 2D platformers didn't really go down that yeah. narrative the theatrical path very often. Mm-hmm. So having a game that did that uh, was was pretty cool. Mini bosses in and of themselves are kind of inter- an interesting idea. I think that becomes even harder to differentiate between, like, what's a mini-boss and what's just, like, a large enemy. Yeah. Yeah, again, for me, it's like uh, Mega Man X does it a lot where there's things where the screen will stop scrolling mm. and you have to fight this thing. It may not have a health bar. Right. I feel like most mini-bosses don't. I might be wrong. In Mega Man games, I don't think they do. Yeah. But uh, or Mega Man Seven, the uh, giant pumpkin in Shade Man uh, stage. <laughs> actually, yeah, like the in the intro of X One, that that thing. Oh, the bee. Is that a mini boss or is that the boss of that area? I can't remember. No, th- there's two. You fight two of the bees. Yeah. Two which is why bees. when you get to Vile, you're like, oh, it's just another bee, but instead it's a dude this time. Uh huh. Because he doesn't have a health bar. It's a bee dude. <laughs> but then yeah, that's not you know, Horn- that's Hornet Man. Right. <laughs> And uh, so next my game. <laughs> next game. Do you have another game? That's on the all list? I wrote. <laughs> You're not gonna talk about God Hand? Uh, let's talk about God Hand because we always talk about God Hand. You, what do you, you have? Killer Seven down here. Bosses and oh yeah, art. I forgot about Killer Seven. We'll get to Killer Seven, but God Hand. <clears throat> all I have to say about that is Onigashimas. <laughs> 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 and roll that clip. Uh. But, uh <laughs> Uh, Killer Seven is interesting because. What? <laughs> do, you have, do you have more to say about God Hand? <laughs> well, no, I, I actually. Um, yeah, I was actually thinking about God Hand when when you first brought up this uh, this whole episode idea, hmm. uh, mostly because 
it's a game that I think doesn't have as many uh, mini bosses, right? Mm-hmm. Because, well, technically any enemy could kill you if you're not paying attention. Uh-huh. So, uh, so when there is a boss, it's it's even bigger than anything. It's just like the the scale and tension is is there all the like the tension is there all the time. Mm-hmm. But then once you get the boss, it's even higher than anything else. But it's also not the same as the rest of the game in a way. How do you mean? Well, I and I got this from from talking to you, but maybe I'm assuming too much uh, about what you meant. Uh, like I always hear you saying, like how the game is is a lot about crowd control. Mm-hmm. It's about how you keep you make sure that the this enemy here on the left is not gonna hit you with the bat. So mm-hmm. you're gonna take him down first, but then you have to go take care of the other one uh, on the right because he's going to do a charge attack and then you have to do all that and then use all your evades to cancel your moves to make sure that all those attacks get interrupted at once. Um, And then there's three other guys in the corner. They're going to come running at any moment. It's a lot of juggling enemies in a figurative sense. Yes. But once you get to the boss boss fight, it's usually one-on-one. That's true. Well, I don't know. Some of the, a lot of the bosses are, uh, Multiple enemies, right? There's the Mad oh, Midget Five. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's those two dudes that I will not describe band. further. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's the the band, the rock band. Yeah, I feel thing. like a lot of the bosses are. I like, guess, yeah, just, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, it's like that's an, it is interesting. It got hand like you still have a sense that a boss is a boss, uh, even though. I mean, maybe it does just come down to being trapped in a room. <laughs> I was going to say, like, everyone in the game has a health bar. Right. Well, I think it, usually it is. It's a gatekeeper of some kind. Uh-huh. Like, you cannot proceed yeah. until this thing is I guess is that's it. Uh, All right. I've settled this argument. <laughs> I, uh, I, saw, I started talking about Killer7, so I better... Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's an interesting case where they, I think, you know, the, the bosses are not a particularly strong point for Killer7, but each one is, like... Trying to make a strong point. <laughs> Man, I keep doing it. <laughs> Again, it really figured. put strong points back on the map. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like they're kind of a slog, but each one is like a piece of art that forces you to look at its hideous visage, <laughs> disgusting <laughs> canvas, uh, for longer than you feel comfortable doing. And uh, that that basically sums up Killer Seven as a whole. Play Killer Seven, guys. It's uh, <laughs> Well, Again, God Hand is on PSN. Killer Seven, not sadly, but you can uh, is, you can track it down. Yeah. God Hand, nine ninety nine, well worth that. It is well worth that. So I, many ball busters you can do. I think it was only thirty or forty when I got it new, yeah. like the week of launch. Yeah, it uh, did. It did come out at a lower price point than the regular fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry is full of the best kind of boss fight. Uh, those are, I mean, it's cool. Even in DMC one, where they reused, uh, pretty much every boss, you f- you fight again. But it never really felt like cheap. You know, it always felt mm. like, oh man, I get to take this guy on again. Well, that's what the the first DMC did so well, which was which is why, it might still be my favorite for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. But like, just such good interplay between Dante and those bosses of like. Bosses are normally supposed to be a, a, an intimidating thing to yeah. overcome, and Dante was this flippant, irreverent character that was just like, 
I barely want to even waste my time with you. Yeah. Like it was a it was a uh, subversion of that whole idea of like, oh, respect the boss and fear the boss. Yeah. This is a guy's like, I don't care at all. Well, without without the, going for me, DMC three went a little too went a little too wacky with it. It still has yeah. that stuff that that interplay there, but mm-hmm. DMC one was like Dante just you could feel the confidence coming off of him. Yeah, and it's sort of it was sort of cathartic at the time, like being being a sort of like I think you described it as sort of an inside out Resident Evil game. Yeah, uh, and the first major boss being a giant spider, very much like something you would have seen in Resident Evil, except instead of being terrified of it. You're seeing Dante like smack talk it, you yeah. know, and then it was also probably the biggest or one of the biggest bosses I'd ever seen in a game to, at that point. Just like, mm. At least in three D, three D game, three D moving that quickly, yeah. like, that was, right, it was right. definitely a feat. Also, we everyone, myself included, goes like, "Oh, that lava spider! It's totally not a spider." Yeah, it's so funny. Like, like it, everyone, but everyone's like, "Right, it's a lava spider," and then <laughs> you go back and see, like, "Oh, it's like it's very like a scorpion, scorpion, maybe." Uh, or yeah. a spider with a scorpion tail. Yeah. It's some sort of <laughs> weirdly named Phantom. I always thought that was like <laughs> the least likely enemy in that whole game, <laughs> the whole series, to be named Phantom. He's it's like, like this giant it's like Austin Stacia's lava thing, and he's very corpor- uh, corporeal. He's not mm-hmm. a. Yeah. It's a, true. Like this is a real. Like the thing. very next boss you fight is like a shadow. He's <laughs> like a cat made out of shadows. Well, it wasn't he phantom. But did, did uh, they miss the button? You know, when you miss one button on the fire. You know, you miss one button on your shirt, and all the other ones are misaligned. <laughs> That's what happens to the ex- yeah. Excel spreadsheet with like a file name, boss name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah now to take on the shadow cat, Magma Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, but then moving ahead into DMC, DMC, mm-hmm. like I thought that uh, weird giant baby fight was Ugh. like super cool. That was the grossest. <laughs> it was su- it was gross, but like, like that pull. and Bob Barbus boss battle uh, <laughs> were just like so visually commanding. Like they were really fun and interrupting all their attacks and like really like it's just a thing that's really lost a lot in modern games like you have to go to things like DMC or Bayonetta or um Metal well, Gear Rising I would guess for Vengeance too since it's platinum but just like that feeling of getting to a boss and like beating the boss is one thing but now can you go back and like punch out style right. dissect this thing and stop its attacks turn them back on them yeah, they right, really right. it really encourages you to go back and like get it down, get the routine down so well that you're just like, yeah. you know, and I had so much fun in DMC doing that. I hadn't done yeah. that in a game for so long where yeah. I was com- compelled to go. You know what? I will go back and do Dante Must Die, and I will go back and do it because I want to. Like, you feel like you're getting better because the game is doing such a good job of teaching yeah. you its own mechanics instead of going like figure it out. And there's just there's so many moves in DMC that like yeah. you can't. Really, you can't really master the combat in one, one or even two or three playthroughs. You have to keep going back and, you know, right. really pick it up bit by bit, and then, you know, achieve a level of competence with every single move to the point that it's natural enough for you to, you know, mix it up on the fly and improvise. It's like learning an instrument. I had such a great time, but I still, still love the first one the most. I have something about that, that, that incarnation of Dante because he's different in all four games. Five games. He he is. <laughs> There's no. It's hard for me to nail down. Like other than like the most generic traits of like irreverent and <laughs> sure of himself yeah. and cocky. It's I like think yeah. The way he embodies those traits is different every time. DMC, the latest one, was uh, 
I think, because they not only presented another interpretation of the character, but it was also younger than we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. So it was like this double reinterpretation where it's like, this is our spin on Dante, and he's younger. So it was, it was hard for, like, returning fans to visualize. Like, you haven't seen Dante this young before he's got an understanding of, you know, his his powers and his background. Right. Uh, so he's kind of a little butthole at the beginning <laughs> of the game. Yeah, totally. Uh, but if you stick around for the whole experience, you'll see that they actually put a crap load of thought into, like, this this character arc, you know, and, like, how he how he evolves as a character over the course of the game and becomes something like the Dante that we did already know. Complete with white hair. Yeah, I, I did like his journey. Then, like, by the time, the even by the, when the credits are rolling, you feel like this is a lot more, I, I wouldn't say sedate, but, like, this is a more thoughtful character. Like, he has gone through something and is adjusted accordingly. Well, you know, that's also, that, that may be a shift in uh, priority, you know, I sure. think. But that... Uh, certainly, when you consider that they also still had the you know the awesome combat design, and they even had the director of D D's MC three and four, uh, you know, advising the combat, and on top of that, they they have this you know deeper character that evolves like an actual human. Um, well, not that humans literally evolve, although we are. Uh, cut. Not like Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way out. <laughs> but going back to boss fights, though, yeah. I will say that I think of uh, of last uh, last year, right, 2013, mm-hmm. that uh, m- my favorite boss fight came out of that game, uh, and it was the actually not from the main game, but from the DLC. When you get to that point in the DLC, mm-hmm. spoilers for those who haven't seen it. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. haven't DLC seen it yet. <laughs> Not gonna say what it is. Uh-huh. It's like a quarter at this point, so yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, in the, in the DLC you play as Virgil, which is uh, very fresh gameplay. You know, we play for so good Dante for all this time, but then you get to see Virgil, and it's completely different. I'm gonna uh, go on then, record right now and say, uh, in my opinion, Virgil's downfall is the best DLC ever made. There you go. Go on though. <laughs> yeah, but the the you know, one of the boss fights there, uh I think it's not the last stage, but it is you know, it feels like a like you know, the 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 finale uh mm-hmm. fight there and I that's that's definitely my favorite there. Uh and it goes back to that feeling of th- him being like your sa- your exact size and has very similar powers, but uh you know, Batman? No. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, that just emphasizes how how, how powerful the uh, the boss can be without you know without having it be like three stories high you know yeah I actually think yeah those tall. those uh, like three stories tall fast human type bosses are a very cool and exciting break from like the normal like humongous hulking boss right you know, like that first vers- that Virgil fight in DMC three it's uh, one of the only. Uh, enemies who matches Dante in, in, in terms of speed, you know? Mm. And it, feel, it just feels so distinct from all the other boss fights, you know? Most of the time you sort of have to, like, jump and try and maintain your air and hit some weak point, or you're just, you know, reading a lot of patterns and, you know, looking for openings, but Virgil, it, it really feels like a like this fast-paced duel where you're, like, clashing swords together and yeah. 
uh, if I don't know, like on a gameplay level, it feels like you're fighting your brother. Like, that's very cool. Yeah. Hey, he's your brother in the he game. He is actually your brother in the game, too. Wow. It's that uh, resonance I've been talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Ludo narrative? That's the one. Ludo means gameplay, <laughs> and narrative means narrative. Hey, real quick, guys. Name your favorite boss fight ever. Oh, I definitely know something I love. Mm -hmm. uh, Portrait of Ruin, the Castlevania game. So if you do stuff, I forget what it is because it's been seven years since I played this, but mm -hmm. uh, eight years almost. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Portrait of Ruin has this great ending where if you do, if you fulfill these requirements, you end up fighting death and Dracula at the same time. Oh yeah! And it's That's this. Awful. It's I. I just remember feeling at that moment like this is just a really cool like presentation wise mm -hmm. and theatrics wise. This is great, but also just fun and a getting this rhythm down, knowing when to avoid, where to stand. Mm -hmm. I started thinking that was really cool. Those games are super cool, and that jumps out. And then also uh, the kind of uh, one of the Colossi from Shadow of the Colossus. Oh. I'm trying to remember, which again is weird because like, they're kind of the only obstacles in the game. Yeah. Uh, I do love any, like all those, that kind of boss fight where it's a, it's a puzzle. You know? Yeah. Mm. That is a great. Maybe the third one that has the huge sword hand that cracks the thing. And oh, yeah. That's cool. The sword. You that's, get a great sense of scale there. Yeah. Thing running up to its yeah. head. That's yeah. really cool. That's a really good one. Um, well, I, I thought this was uh, the question was supposed to be Capcom bosses. So, well, <laughs> uh, those are the things you know, that left out at me. Whatever, you know. <laughs> I went on for like an hour about Mega Man bosses. No, no, it's it's fine. It's fine. I just I knew the question was sort of ahead of time, so I was thinking only Capcom bosses. Go go ahead, Yuri. What's <laughs> what's um, screaming at what's screaming at you? So actually, this is uh, very similar to uh, Brett's Castlevania example. It's actually uh, Mega Man ZX, mm -hmm. and uh, there's a part where you fight. Uh, Pandora, which is one of the, the main uh, antagonists of the game. And then there's Prometheus, mm -hmm. which is the other one. And uh, now I can't remember if this was ZX or ZX Advent. I think it's the first. I think it's actually both of them. But at the end... <laughs> it's one or both or neither. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely one of the two games. Uh, it's been so long. But yeah, at the end, you actually fight both of them at the same time. Mm. And I had never seen that done mm. in a Mega Man game before. It's true. Um Reality is, I haven't played all the Mega Man games out there, but uh, yeah, but that was a that was a big thing for me, you know, fighting both of these annoying teenager anime characters at the same time. Mm. <laughs> Mega Man Zero but, uh, has some doozies. On that note, Kua Gust Ankus, <laughs> High Leg Orobuckle. I think that's, that's first. great popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> Herculeus Ankus. 
The uh, list those, goes those on. Two, those two are brothers. The two Ancas, I think, are brothers. Goodness gracious. Biblio. This is an etymologist nightmare. Lizak Stagroth. <laughs> God. Uh, I do love Tech Kraken. Tech Kraken's the best. <laughs> He's a tech savvy Kraken. <laughs> right here in Silicon Valley. <laughs> Uh, you know my my favorite. This is boring because we already talked about it. But I think my favorite boss fight is that Virgil fight from. Uh, well, you know, it's it's hard to choose between. You uh, do open every morning with it, so I do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just you know, just that high speed dueling feeling you don't get in a lot of games. Mm. Yeah, that's why even like the Zelda Two Shadow Link boss yeah. felt pretty cool because he was. For once, a boss that was your size. See that one, <laughs> and I mean it's not great in like the grand scheme of things, but uh, well, it, by nineteen eighty-eight, dramatic. Uh, oh, the original. Wait, you're not talking Ocarina. I said Zelda two, dog. I missed that. Yeah, not the Shadow Link. In, like, I was gonna say I, I was super, super late to the party on Ocarina. I didn't play it until like earlier this year, and. I kept expecting it to be one of those puzzle fights because I'm like, well, he's mimicking all my moves. He knows everything I do. What could I possibly do? I've got to, like, attack myself and, like, kill the darkness within myself to kill Shadow Link. But it turns out you just, like, spam attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and eventually, yeah, yeah. eventually you just get him, you know? <laughs> yeah, but no, the Zelda 2 Shadow Link is, like, your shadow pops out and you fight your shadow. That's cool. But it's 2D, and again, the pre- like... It, with such limited tools to work with storytelling, it was a very effective moment, and I thought that was super cool as a kid. And then it was this, like, you only really have high-low to block with your shield, but it felt, it had that sense of, like, like the Virgil thing of having this sense of sword fighting. Yeah. Of, like, I right. can actually block with a shield and try to get a hit in when he's not blocking. Yeah, I do remember Zelda 2 doing that at times. That I don't know, I thought cool. that was super cool. Um... My my non Capcom example just came up to my mind. It was uh, Zone of the Enders two, the second runner, mm. uh, the fight against Anubis, which is again that that's what you are. That guy, the same the same uh, height and uh, stature as. Oh you. wait, no, you're 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 Jehuti. You're Jehuti again. I always... But uh, but there's two two sort of two stages to that fight, and one of them is you're stripped away all of your powers, all of your upgrades up to that point. Mm. And uh, you only have your basic sword and a teleport move. Ah. So uh, that was very interesting. Another then, classic trope. Yeah, and th- that happens right at the end, too. So that happens, and then like the final, final battle happens. Mm. And those are both very awesome. Like uh, I do like uh, when like a final boss fight like does some like major twist on the game. Like in Devil May Cry 1, the, f- the final fight, you like... It completely changes how you yeah, play. You I'm like, not a fan of that. Actually. You like shoot fireballs and you can fly. Because Lost Planet does that also, where like the last bottle battle is like flying in space. I love that. I, I'm just not a fan of when a final battle like, hey, forget all the mechanics we've done up to this mm. point, and here's some other thing. Like, it's just You're not upping some... the ante. Eh, I don't, I don't. And the uncle, for that matter. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yes. I'm personally not a fan of. Of that, it's just like everything you've learned up to this point. Eh, who cares? <laughs> Do this other thing now. Like, but I finally feel totally competent and capable with the tools I've been given. I but want the ultimate test, not. Can you shoot fireballs? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in luck because LP2 did not do that. <laughs> you just shoot a thing and then blow it up. It's great. 
Uh, moving on to the community question, we uh, asked you what your favorite scary moments were, which made more sense to talk about in October, but what the heck. Um, Dylan commented, uh, and this is, a, this is a whopper of a comment, I'm going to abridge it a bit. He says, I know this is going to sound crazy, but the scariest moment for me was having the crows attack me in the art gallery in RE1. I was eight, I had gone to my mate's house, and it was the first outing yourself as not from here. <laughs> outing Brito. And uh, it was the first time I'd ever played a Resident Evil game, and I end up, ended up clicking on the wrong painting. Classic rookie mistake. I think what made it worse back then was that it was more of an experience than a game. I didn't notice the graphics or anything and was just totally immersed. And it's safe to say I got the hell out of there ASAP on yeah, the map. No, that's, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool because is, that is definitely a moment where the first time you're there, you can definitely lose yourself because the crows come down and... I don't know. It's, it's a great it's a, scare, yeah. It's because it, you you the crows are there the whole time, and yeah, there's those great camera angles where you see the rafters and the crows right in the foreground of the camera. I just love that they're trained to like. <laughs> if anyone <laughs> comes in button. here and don't push these buttons in the correct <laughs> order, I want you to peck his eyes out. <laughs> are they see, are they trained or is it just an evil force compelling them by your incorrect button, button pressing? Evil. Well, I'm gonna go with trained. Because you have training, uh, experience training crows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, crows are, my, manager, crows are my favorite bird. So they are a good bird. I, what's the collective of crows again? Murder, murder of crows. There you go. We had a we had a bunch of other people chime in here. Muramasa Edge talked about the uh, the zombies coming through the door load screen. Yeah, that's Resident cool. Evil Two. I thought that was so good. Yeah, that's a great uh, subversion. Because it is. It's not only a great subversion, but it it traumatizes you as a player <laughs> so that you never trust the door again. Yeah, that's you know, great. for for some people for the whole it's talking about how for the whole rest of the classic series they could not open a door without yeah. expecting something to come through cuz mm. that that one horrible experience is enough to uh get it in your head. Uh Fire Red talked about the Crimson Heads. Uh, I actually haven't played remake yet. I'm looking forward to it coming out again. Oh, that's good. Uh, what's the deal with Crimson Heads? Can you Explain that a little. Well, a crimson head is a zombie. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, regular zombie. It's your zombie if, professor voice. If you <laughs> if you fail to incinerate the zombie or <laughs> blow off its head, it will come back as a crimson head. <laughs> uh, basically, a regular zombie, it, it's just a great way to like make you think even more. So normally you're like oh i should run away from zombies cuz ammo's scarce well this is like well ammo's scarce but you know maybe i should take this one out cuz he's in a crucial position and if i get this zombie out of the way i can get through this hallway unfettered mm-hmm. but at a certain point later in the game after you kill zombie any zombie that you did not blow its head up uh-huh or go back and burn the body using the lighter and the kerosene mm. um they will come back as crimson heads which are wow. faster stronger um and basically it will make life even worse for you. So every time you engage with an enemy, you're making a decision of like, and that's why I think it works. It works great the first time 10 years ago, 11 years ago as like a surprise of like, Oh God, what have I done? Like, I didn't realize that was going to happen. Even though there's notes that tell you yeah, something, you know, you kind of need to put two and two together to realize, Oh, this is actually a thing that's in the game and not like a cool backstory. Like this right. is going to affect me in the game. But then it works even better the second time you play the game knowing, oh, God, wait, like, I killed that one 
its head didn't explode, but he's <laughs> dead now. I I need to make that decision of do I trek through a bunch of crap to go get the kerosene and the lighter to Jill. <laughs> and I mean you need the lighter for other things anyway, but uh yeah, it's just it they're they're not Oh yeah, we're not talking about bosses, we're talking about just scares. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're a great scare. And there's one kind of like sort of crimson head early in the game that is just like a body and uh, you you just kind of learn to run past it. Um and it, it give there's it'll give you a spook. Um and it's a great it's a great spook. I won't I won't go into further detail uh if for those who are probably going to play remake when it comes out. Early early 2015 everybody. Yep. But Crimson Heads are definitely like one of the highlights of the remake. Uh a lot of other people talked about the liquor jumping through or the liquor in the window, the crows flying through the windows, the <laughs> dog jumping through the windows. <laughs> uh Barry <laughs> jumping windows through windows 98. <laughs> Windows and me is pretty scary. <laughs> so this week we ask you, what makes a good boss fight? What makes a boss fight fun and good and memorable? What makes one yeah. not those things? And what are your favorite Capcom boss fights? Let us know in the comments or in the discussion thread. And we're going to give a few of you commenters some kind of boss. sweet swag yeah. from our office. And that'll do it for episode 17. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And also, why not give us a review on iTunes if you like what you hear? And uh, not if you don't like what you hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do what Donnie Don't does. Please. And do review. By no means. And rate. Do not do. Yeah, ratings are good, too. Everybody likes ratings. It's true. Five stars. If you have five stars, Greg will shave his head someday. <laughs> anyway, thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye.